The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. someone you know has a child with autism in their family answers and support can be hard to come by welcome to autism spectrum radio we will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism now here is this week's host hey everybody welcome to autism spectrum radio i'm your host rob haupt I'm the uh, Vice President of Business Development here at Autism Spectrum Therapies, an agency providing uh, services to kids, adults, adolescents, uh, the, the whole lifespan um, with special needs. Um, and I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst with uh, a little over 12 years now experience working with uh, individuals, um, providing ABA therapy, designing programs. Um, we're, we're, we're a week in. It, it, Autism Awareness Month is here. Um, and I am really excited to, to keep our dialogue going. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this week's show, um, somewhat because it's a topic that I feel really intimate about. I, I've been really involved in personally, um, but also because of just some great things I saw and, and some great conversations I had this past weekend. Um, I had the opportunity to, uh, go to one of the autism events that's happening this month here in California. Um, got to go to a, a really great um, walk and run that I've never been to before. A uh, little bit of a drive for me, but it was it was it was great to go and meet some new people. And it was it was even more fun because my wife came along with me this time. Uh, she sometimes comes to events and helps me, uh, you know, sit at the AST booth and, and meet families. And um, you know, she's actually known me longer than I've been in the field of ABA. Uh, you know, we met, I actually met my wife when I was, was 20 years old and, and she was 18 and we met in college. So, uh, she, she knew me way back when, when, uh, I didn't know what ABA was. Uh, I honestly didn't even at the time really know much about autism beyond, uh, the little bit I had seen in, in movies and, uh, the occasional news story. Um, nothing like now. So it's actually really fun for me to go to these events and, and talk about my experiences, but then also my wife has really uh, created her own opinions and has become educated and has become aware and and has actually become an active member in our community, um, helping me out and, and doing a few other things. And so it's really fun for me to hear her perspective and, and to watch her have these conversations with parents um, because it, I, I see that. I see that next step that we talk about on the show about educating the people, our neighbors, our loved ones, uh, and I, I get to see how I was able to do that with her. But what was really cool is some of the dialogues we had over the weekend were about 
some real clinical things, some real clinical topics um, that are really exciting for me, really thinking about the idea of generalization. And, you know, every time I mentioned it to a parent, their eyes lit up and said, yes, that's what I need more of. Uh, they, they really, you know, I, I have a saying that I think a lot of parents really resonated with them is it doesn't really matter what your child is doing when I'm there. I really, really care about what's happening when I'm not there. Meaning, you know, it's great that they're learning this skill with me, but can they generalize this skill to when I'm not around, when you're going to the mall on a Saturday afternoon? Um, and I think that's something that the community really resonated with um, and gravitated towards. But in addition to that, one of the things that pretty much everyone said they wanted to know more about, whether it be parents, whether it be uh, some people working at the regional centers, the, the state um, mechanism here in California, um, whether it be people in schools, whether it be just other people who are working with kids on the spectrum, uh, they all wanted to know more about insurance. And it was a reminder that these mandates have a lot of positive things that come along with them, and they're providing a lot of services to people. But you need to know what's going on. You need to be educated. And uh, there's a lot of information. It can get really dense. It can get really complicated. And unfortunately, it's always changing. So it seemed like a perfect time to to talk a little bit more about insurance and specifically talk a little bit about what's going on because there are some changes. And uh, here in California, there's a lot of things that are going on um, as we have adapted to the California insurance mandate that passed, or I should say went back into effect this past summer. So the, the one thing I want to preface before we, we get into our conversation with our guest is that don't be discouraged if, if you're listening somewhere else. I know I know everyone's listening from different states, different communities, um, but look at California as a case study because I can tell you that everything I know about insurance, the foundation of everything I've done in terms of supporting families, in terms of creating uh, the team that we have here at AST, I actually learned it all from my work in New Orleans. It was families in New Orleans and providers in New Orleans who taught me the foundation of what I now do here in California to help these families. And in turn, it's that same foundation that I apply to some of the other states and some of the other areas that I sometimes consult with and support and work with to help them navigate the insurance um, funding sources and, and make sure that their programs are set up in a way to meet all the different guidelines and regulations. So it's a great opportunity to kind of learn and not treat each state as its own silo because there are so many similarities. All right. So now let's get to our guest. Um, my guest today is Karen Fessel. And uh, Karen is the uh, executive director and founder at Autism Health Insurance Project. Um, Karen is a proud parent of an 18-year-old son with Asperger's and a 14-year-old daughter. Uh, she has a doctorate in public health from UC Berkeley. She is the executive director and founder of the Autism Health Insurance Project, a nonprofit organization which helps families and providers secure insurance coverage for autism interventions. Karen founded the Autism Health Insurance Project after struggling to secure services for her own son and seeing how much an organization to support families in their journey through the insurance maze was needed to get children medically necessary services. She also co-moderates the ASD Insurance Help and the ASD Medi-Cal Yahoo Users Groups, 
Uh, prior to her work experience, uh, sorry, prior work experience for Karen includes developing technolo technology assessments and treatment guidelines for the Permanente Medical Group and conducting research projects at the Department of Public Health and UCF, UCSF. Ah, mouthful for me to get out today. Uh, Karen, thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Uh, it's, you know, it's really great to have you on the show. I know we've kind of, I feel like we, we always circle back around to each other every few months, whether it be at a conference or via email. Or a phone uh, call. Yep, yeah, absolutely. or a phone call. Yep. So I've been, I, you know, I'm glad we were able to work this out because I've been wanting to have you for a while because I know, you know, in addition to supporting families, uh, you've also been really involved in just giving a lot of feedback um, as to what's been going on with the mandate here in California. So right. it is, I work with providers and, um, and, you know, regulators and people in government and, yeah, and try to push things through. Yep. Been very, very busy. So we've been, you know, we've talked about insurance on this show before and we've had mm -hmm. uh, some diverse guests. Um, and, and I really want to focus a little bit on what's been going on more recently. But just to make sure we kind of give everyone, whether we have a first-time listener or just kind of give a refresher to everyone – you know, are there are there key things a family should make sure that they um, have either organized or keep in mind when they're starting the process of trying to secure uh, insurance funding for ABA services? Well, I would say a few things. I would say that they need to they need to carry on on all fronts, not just insurance. And when they mm -hmm. first get that diagnosis, um, if they're under three, they need to reach out to regional center and insurance both. And mm -hmm. if they're over three, they need to reach out to regional center insurance and the school district. Because all three organizations, they need to know that you're out there, that your child has this condition. Um, if they qualify for regional center, then you want to have that evaluation done. And, um, and, and you never know when you're going to need their services, even with all the changes that we've had. Um, and then with the school district, uh, at, you know, if they're between ages three and 22, the school districts need to know about them too. So it's not just insurance, it's all three agencies. And are there specific, with. I think that's great advice because I think sometimes, you know, even in other states, I know I've had some families who, um, you know, they're similar entities like the regional center. Um, I have a one family I'm thinking of in New Orleans mm -hmm. who, they were they were able to kind of access both at the same time or, or attempt to access both at the same time until they figured out which one was going to be the the entity funding them and that made things a lot easier for them. Right, and then they're in there, and so if it's a public agency that goes beyond age three, they're in that system, and that it's very important. And as I have a son that's transitioning now, and um, and it's very, I'm so glad we got regional center services early on because now he has access to a lot more programs that he wouldn't have had access to, um, possibly if we hadn't started that ball rolling very early on. Yeah, that's a good point. That there's a lot more to just ABA that some of these state funding mechanisms or entities can provide. Right. right. Um, is there, you know, is there any key, you know, I know sometimes uh, we talk about like key documents that or, or key information a family should have ready. Uh, if a family is going to call their insurance yes. company to inquire, are, are there key things that they should have kind of in their hand or ready to go? Yes, they should have the diagnostic report. Um, if it's over three years old, they may need some sort of like formal letter from even the um, their primary care provider 
stating that their child has an autistic spectrum disorder, um, and then if the physician believes that the child needs specific services, they should um, put that in the letter. If they don't know exactly what they need, like in terms of the amount of hours or if they haven't developed specific goals for the child, then they should say that the child needs um, an evaluation for X treatment or Y treatment, like such yeah. as speech therapy or ABA eva- assessment for these things. Great. Um... Well, I feel like we got the refresher piece in, and um, I'm excited to to jump into some uh, some newer kind of current event and issues coming up. Uh, specifically, maybe talk a little bit about um, some things that came out of uh, California's Department of Insurance recently. But uh, we got to take a commercial break before that. Okay. So we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit about some of the uh, the things that are going on in our community as it relates to insurance. We'll be okay. right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and I'm joined by Karen Fessel, the uh, executive director at the Autism Health Insurance Project. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about the the key things uh, for a family to keep in mind. Um, but one of the things that I know I've experienced a lot is that I've never seen things change this quickly um, with school districts or regional centers here in California. And I feel like insurance is always changing. And I feel like, you know, one of the things that, uh, or I guess a big change um, or statement that came out recently was um, by the California Insurance Commissioner. Um, and, you know, if you've, if you've been to Autism Votes lately, uh, that great website put out by Autism, uh, Autism Speaks, you've probably seen this headline that the California Insurance Commissioner, David Jones, um, in March declared autism a public health crisis and as a result proposed emergency regulations. Um, and I felt like, you know, Karen, having you on the show, I, I couldn't help but you know, having to talk about this, this, I hear public health crisis and I'm like, this is something that makes me pay attention. And so what I I know you, you were involved in giving a lot of feedback and, and, and really 
raising some awareness about what was going on. And I guess my first question is, what was going on in the community to have uh, the director or the commissioner say that we have this public health crisis? Um, well, first of all, I, I don't know how much this influenced, the, but the public health crisis is, I think, about the numbers, the sheer numbers. Mm. And most recently, first it was one, it, I mean, it's been going up constantly, and mm-hmm. it was one in 88, now it's one in, one, one in 50, which yeah. is enormous crisis. But um, that aside, um, I think part of it was a response to the, that even though we had this mandate, there mm-hmm. was still a lot of... Um, uh, people were having huge difficulties accessing services, and I think that the commissioner wanted to make a statement to the insurance industry uh, very quickly that he was not going to tolerate any, um, uh, basically, any kind of uh, skirting around the law, and that's what we were seeing a lot of. We were seeing uh, companies where um, if the child... Um, they would they would ask for IQ tests, which you know really shouldn't have any bearing on whether right. they they're autistic and whether they need ABA. Um, they were asking um, for IEPs. IEP is a confidential legal document. It's not necessarily something they have the right to. Um, they were asking for. Um, uh, they were denying based on that the, they would say, well, your child is um, too low functioning and doesn't really, uh, isn't going to show improvement before services had even started. And then there was a group of clients that they would say, they were saying they were too high functioning and that hmm. they couldn't, um, they didn't need the services, even though they were, you know, the family was describing like regular meltdowns in public places and the child obviously couldn't function in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were seeing a lot of uh, uh, sort of desperate denials based on, quote, medical necessity. And I put it in quotes because they were trying to say, they were trying to make an argument, and that's the only reason that they have under the law to deny services. Well, you know, I, I think about the, the first thing you start off with, the, the IQ test. And, you know, immediately I actually think about our guest last week. And if you had – we were speaking last week to this, this amazing individual. He's a 15-year-old uh, young man on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. And if you had tested his yeah, IQ – Yeah, probably off the charts. There are a lot well, of kids it, like that. But you know what it is, is if you had tested his IQ at 6, you, it would have tested it incredibly low – Okay, um, so he but made, 15, made strides. He, mm-hmm. it, it was actually all because of communication. That's and, wonderful. And his point that he was making as a self-advocate mm-hmm. and an advocate for others is, you know, communication is the deficit, but how do you test my IQ if I can't communicate with you? Right, exactly. And how, and how reliable is this? Right, it's not. It's not at all. And, and what we're, we're finding, too, with all this um, increased uh, communica- you know, assisted communication devices is that there are people mm-hmm. who've never been able to communicate, and they sit down with computers as young adults, and they're able that to communicate very eloquently. That, and so they obviously him. aren't retarded. You know, they yeah, have exactly. a low IQ. Yeah. So what, you know, we, we talked about some of the reasons why they're being denied. Are there what were the the emergency regulations that he put into place um, to to protect uh, the the consumers and for protect the, the children? Uh, I think I believe he specifically named those types of um, 
those types of denials that that they weren't going to be tolerating uh, frivolous denials, mm-hmm. and and he described all the the types of denials. And actually, I've got to say, um, we have seen fewer of those frivolous denials since that has happened. Not huh. to say that it's all rosy, but we're not seeing quite the number in quite the quantity that we were in the fall um, when the the the, the um, when it first went out. The other thing that we were seeing with CDI plans was that a lot of the plans had limited speech and occupational therapy, and it was a ridiculous right. number, like maybe thirty sessions a year they would pay yep. for. And our kids need, you know, they need it once. One to two, even four or five times a week, with some kids that are apraxic, and um, and it's effective, and they make huge gains with it. And so um, they basically reinforced that they were not going to be tolerating that, and that was a big problem on the CDI side. I believe mm. there were other protections on the DMHC side, so we didn't see, um, we weren't experiencing that problem, though we were experiencing the other problems that were described in that regulation. You know, that's well. a great, you know, and that it's not, you just said something that I know I haven't spoken about much on the show, um, is that, that part about speech and OT. I know we've talked a little bit about it, but, um, so the, the commissioner talked about not having limits for speech and OT services. Um, yeah, and then, it needed to be based on medical necessity and not on specific arbitrary limits that the insurance company set. I believe he indicated that it violated the state mental her- yeah. health parity law as well. Yeah, no, that's. I, I think you're right. That, that I think that's great because I know that's something I I I've failed to mention recently. Um, so it's great we're having you on to to shed the light on these things. Um, you know, one of the things that I know I, I feel like I've experienced, and I'm 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 wondering from your experiences if you've seen this as well. Is you know I, I got to speak on a panel a few months back with a with a gentleman who was actually doing the independent medical reviews um, oh. for one of the large insurance companies. Um, and one of the things he said, which really matched up with my perspective, was that a lot of times uh, the, these issues we're talking about, a lot of it has to do with making sure that the person that the family is working with or the, the professional, whether it be the ABA professional, the uh, doctor, the psychologist, whomever is writing that report or whichever report it is they're writing in this sequence – really being aware of the law, like really understanding medical necessity. And that one of the things that he had seen as an independent reviewer is BCBAs, for example, um, not adapting to medical need and maybe focusing too much on an academic skill versus a right. uh, social skill that it relates to the core deficits of autism. Is that right. something and that you've experienced as well? Exactly. Um, I've talked to providers a lot about that, um, especially when we were earlier on in our um, in educating providers on mm-hmm. that that um, uh, to keep it clean. You know, to try just to maximize the likelihood of not having that denial. Although I've got to say the law. Itself, I believe they're not. They're only allowed to. They're not allowed to deny because of educational reasons. And we haven't really seen denial saying this is an educational therapy. Um, we have not seen those since the law passed either. Hmm. So I don't believe they're allowed to deny on that basis either. 
Yeah, and, and this one psychologist, he was he was a really interesting guy. He just said to the uh, we were speaking to a panic uh, parent group together. Mm-hmm. I was the, he was the psychologist and I was the BCBA, mm-hmm. kind of presenting the two the two sides of this intake process. And he said it's surprising just how important it is to set yourself up with the right professional who understands this, right. because conceptually you the goal may make sense. Um, exactly. And money and uh, energy and valuable time for your child when they're very young with um, with quote right. experts who don't have autism expertise right and you or, want yeah. them to tell you that up front and usually they do usually yeah. on the phone you'll you know if you have an HMO you'll make phone calls to the you know they might give you a long list of speech therapists to call mm-hmm. and you'll find that many of them don't take yeah. don't treat kids with autism our kids right. are hard to treat yeah they you know? are. We're, we're not the easy ones. You know, the, the question I had for you, you know, we're talking about these regulations, and mm-hmm. I was wondering, you know, from your perspective, um, and I know this is, you know, you, you see things from a, or speak to people with a lot of different points of view, um, you know, are the regulations or are this, this statement coming out from our, from the uh, insurance commissioner, like, are they enough? Like, is there, is it enough to really swing things in the right direction or are there other things that uh, – or other potential threats, I would say, to um, our children accessing funding? Yes, there absolutely are. Just because they're, that what we're seeing is that there are still other problems. Um, I've had some providers calling me, and you would know more about this from your perspective as well. I'll try um, in. They're having difficulty getting paid. Um, and they have to go back multiple times. I had uh, one uh, provider that I worked with. We went back like about six times to um, we kept calling the uh, the insurance company, and they would each time they would revise, um, but they didn't get it right. And we think mm-hmm. that that was their way of holding out. We don't believe mm. it was a mistake. They were testing us to see how clearly how closely we were read, reading the bills, and. Um, and yeah, and it takes time and it takes money for um, providers to have to do that. But that's the mm-hmm. kind of thing that they're doing. And if yeah. they're in network, then it, the onus is on the provider, not mm-hmm. on the family. With mm-hmm. the family, when they're checking the bill, I think it's highly variable whether they go back and look how closely they look at it. With mm-hmm. providers, they have outstanding payables that they have mm-hmm. to meet. And so I think they're more inclined to look very carefully. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I... I... The, the payment thing is definitely different. It's definitely new. And I, I, I've spoken to families a lot of times where, you know, like I personally do directly with the, the payment with the insurance companies because right. I know mm-hmm. it's hard for a family. I know other places or other people, um, some friends of mine, for example, are doing more of a – they build a family and the family seeks reimbursement and that just – gets very complicated so it it well, does create challenges. Well, if they're officially in network it and it or if there's an if it's an HMO you really can't do that. And most right. families can't afford to do that with ABA. I, I didn't know that that I think that's a good thing for our families to be aware of because I have had some families call us especially when we first started talking about this issue um particularly in some other states not I don't recall any California families talking about this but the idea of you know, they were getting billed, they had an HMO and they were getting billed by their provider, but it was, you know, the provider didn't even know right. that they weren't supposed to be doing that. So it's right. good for, I yeah. think, families to be aware of this so they can, because um, a lot of providers aren't clear. Like they right. are brand and new they to need this. to be made aware. Um, yeah. With a single case agreement, it's a bit of a gray zone, and maybe mm-hmm. that's what they had. In other words, if maybe. they didn't have a network, then they would contract with a provider for a single case agreement. And if that's what they had 
then it's a gray area. It's not necessarily, it depends on what's written in their contract, whether they can do that or not. Okay. Yeah, it's good for families to be aware of. I know Mm -hmm. there's these subtle distinctions that they're tricky if you're brand new to this whole world. Very much so. Um, Well, you know, we've got about 30 seconds left. So Mm -hmm. why don't we take another commercial break? Let's head in a little early so we have plenty of time to talk to you about about, uh, a few other things that are going on around us as it relates to insurance. So we'll be right back after this. Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, we're joined today by Karen Fessel, and we're talking about uh, some of the current events and, and the big topics as it relates to the California insurance mandate. But uh, as I said earlier, all these things relate so heavily to the national scene, and, and different states may call some of these entities different things, but every state is going to have a Department of Insurance. Um, so these entities may be called slightly different things, but these are a lot of the same avenues and, and resources that you may have in, in your state. Uh, I know we have different groups called different things where I grew up in New York, but, but we have a Department of Insurance. Um, you know, we were talking, Karen, about um, the regulations and, and some of the issues that were coming up that led to some of the statements. Um, but we haven't talked about what parents can do. You know, I know there, there's still a process ahead of us. We still need to, um, you know, move forward and, and improve things. Um, but if a parent feels like they are maybe getting denied for the wrong reason or they don't feel like um, – things are going the way they should be, you know, what is their course of action? Who, who do they go talk to so they can get heard? 
Um, well, if they're feeling like they're not getting therapy that their child needs, they can file a, um, a grievance with their health plan. And the best way to do it, I think, is to write it up. Some plans will take grievances over the phone. Some will take them electronically. But you just want to make sure you have a written com- copy of um, anything that you submit to the health plan. And the, the danger of doing it over the phone is that you don't control how they get to write it up and present it. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people to file a grievance and follow it all the way through if they're not getting the services that they feel that they need or they're not satisfied with what well if they're not satisfied with the quality of what they're getting they'd need to discuss it first with the provider. Sure. Absolutely. Um and I I I'm glad you mentioned that the filing it in writing and with the with the health plan because I think sometimes talk about okay you should you, I've read some websites where they say you should file this with the DMHC or you should go to the D Department of Insurance. You have to always first. They won't really hear. I mean, I've had many times where I've tried to go straight to them because I've been really upset about something or whatever, and they're always like, okay, you have to file first. You have to give them a chance to respond. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the process. And they have 30 days to get back to you. And that. You know, it can be rough dealing with those, you know, 30 days. And then the Department of Insurance and the Department of Managed Healthcare, they usually take a while to process the claims and to process your complaint. And then if they have to send it out, it's another 30 days. The whole process is often at least 90 days, and sometimes it's wow. more. And so wow. you have to just get on with your life, forget about it, put it on the back burner, and then when you hear you know, then it's time to really focus on it. And I know that's so hard for many parents who really need services yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, all these all these entities, school schools have um, these kind of, you know, it takes a long time to get an IEP in place. Uh-huh. Um, regional center also, it takes a while to get these services. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's a really good point. Um, you know, one of the things that I, I know um, – we probably didn't talk about as a community early on, um, and I don't know if everyone's aware of, is you know laws like this sunset. There's actually an end date in the California mandate, and I believe pretty much every state has an end date in their mandate. Um, is there any word on what's going on? Um, you know, I know SB 946, the original law, sunsets in July of 2014, and – uh, is there talk about going beyond that? What's, what's, yeah, what's going on? Yeah, we have this SB 126, and Senator okay. Steinberg is the sponsor. And um, it basically is pretty identical to um, to the earlier version. There's very little that's different about it. And, um, and that is, um, uh, gosh, when is it coming up? There's going to be a hearing on it uh, within the next few weeks. Um, and I don't know the exact date. I should. There was something that came out recently, and I haven't had a chance to look at it. So it will be discussed in Sacramento, and mm-hmm. hopefully it will be approved. It's gone through the um, uh, Committee for Health. Dis- what's it? No, there's a Chaburp analysis where bills that are going to cost money have to go through, and it right. will go through that. And, well. I th- and I think I read that. Uh, didn't California do a study? Um, that said that it wasn't going to this um, – the expansion of this – or sorry, the extension of this, um, I think it said into 2017, um, it wouldn't lead to an increase um, in spending or, or increased cost to the state of California, that it was just really continuing something that they already approved, which I thought was a good sign. 
Right, absolutely. 2019, I believe. It extends oh. to 2019, and then it'll have better. to redo it again after that. Um, no, because it's private. It, it's mainly privately funded. Now, there are yeah. some issues with co-pays and regional centers, and, mm. um, and that's a separate bill. But if that bill passes, then there will be some related expenses. But it's, it's the... the um, the big picture is that it saved the state a lot of money because the states were fun- the state was funding a lot of uh, the ABA services through the regional center system mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. and so now we're basically asking them to pick up the copays and the coinsurance and any related deductibles. So that you know, because I- the Lanterman Act basically says that they're not supposed to uh, be paying for services that that are in the Lanterman Act. Right, right, and I, you know just to. To chime in for any of our listeners in other states, you know, good sorry. example. Yeah, of this I'm case sorry. Study. I'm very focused on California. I'm sorry. No, about no, that. it's great. I, it's you know, it's it's where you and I live, but it's um, you know, I actually have a family who is in another state who is getting services through insurance, and um, they have a uh, their equivalent of their regional center is um the uh, it's basically. Uh, human Services, the Department of Human, human services. services. Yes, exactly. And uh-huh. their Department of Human Services in their state is actually covering their co-pays as well. Oh, um, that's because true. What state is that? A, um, this was actually a family who was in Louisiana great. who was able to get covered um, because they were able to say, hey, I have this great plan, but I do need some financial assistance. Right. And they recognized that that, were, that made sense for them. Right. The um, deductibles, so, I've seen p- people with deductibles as high as like $20,000. Yeah. And, and that's just untenable. I mean, if you have an income of 50000 a year, that you just can't, you can't pay that out. Yeah. Right. yeah. And, and I don't know of the state, at least in that case, I don't know about the deductibles, but they, were, they just had a, a, an HMO plan with a copay. Mm-hmm. And they were and able so to get help there. The co-pays. Yeah. Because I know the deductible is, uh, is that big topic as it relates, you know, here in Sacramento about that right. bill. There's another of, bill that's going to be addressing that. And then there's the trailer bill, which just addressed co-pays. Right. 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 It's it is tricky. It is tricky to hear that the different points of views of, of how to balance all of this. Right. Um, right. But it's I think that's why it's so good for us to get involved and talk about it. And, right. And, and the state will also in. be paying for the CalPERS HMO portion. I'm quite sure that that is um, that was added into a regulation. Um, and it was because it was already covered through um, the state mental health parity act. So they will oh, be paying for those services as well. Oh, that's great news. That's great mm-hmm. news. Um, you know, the, the other thing I wanted to talk a little bit about is I, I know it's, it's, it's a forecasting issue. And, mm-hmm. you know, neither one of us has a crystal ball. But the, the question I've had come up a lot is, you know, we're, we're talking about the state and we're talking about these state mandates where each state decides what they're going to pass, what these uh, coverages are going to look like. Um, but we have this Affordable Care Act that's right. on the horizon. Um, do you have any sense, is there any indication of, of how this may affect families um, when it goes into effect? Um, well, if you're in a state that already has a, um, a mandate, um, it's very likely if they, they had four choices of plans mm-hmm. to choose from. Um, and California chose the small business option, and it was this, it was the Kaiser model. And mm-hmm. so Kaiser has the ABA mandate applies. And so 
uh, here we're, we're, we're good. And most of, of the 32 or 33, 32 states that we have insurance mandates, I believe 26 have elected a plan that aligns with um, something that uh, includes the mandate. Mm-hmm. And there are a few that have not, and so they may need to pass additional um, uh, individual laws that address that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are certain states that do not have coverage. Yeah. Um, and then there's been a um, some movement on the federal level with uh, the federal um, Office of Personnel Management, and they have elected to cover ABA in um, in about 22 different states. But it's not the whole state; it's only certain areas. So they're piloting it and uh-huh. looking at it. And if they end up adopting this, um, then it could influence things on the federal level as well. And it also any plan any state that elected to follow the federal model would possibly be able to um, adopt in that regard under under the reform under healthcare reform. You know, I do know that some one thing I and I pure coincidence as it relates to our conversation today. I happen to be on um, uh, an, a mailing list um, in uh, for uh, autism insurance advocacy as uh, in state of Oregon. Uh, uh-huh. I get kept in the loop there. I have some friends there. And um, my cousin got me involved on this this one mailing list. And um, it sounds like all this movement on the federal front, all the things that are happening around in these different states, uh, the state of Oregon looks like they're really gearing up for a real conversation about passing some, some legislation to uh, provide services. And it looks like even the talk about it on the federal front is moving states to maybe have a more aggressive dialogue than they were previously. So right, it, I, is I think that's that. a nice it has thing. having that effect. There's yeah. also litigation that is having. There was recently a case in Michigan that was successful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a fair amount on the litigation front as well. It's it's very exciting times. There's a lot of um, dynamic. It's a dynamic system. There's a lot changing, as yeah. you said before. It's constantly in flux. It's uh, very stimulating to try to keep up with everything. So I, I you know, I feel like we've been, you know, I, I'm I'm motivated. I'm excited. I, I'm talking to you, and I'm just feeling like we are going down such an exciting path. Um, right. Because I, I I personally see a lot of good from these mandates. It's hard work, uh, by no doubt about it. Is it hard work? But I see a lot of good things coming in terms of once our clients start getting services, but I, I kind of have to go to a negative place for a second. You know, we, we talk about things like emergency regulations. We talk about public health crisis. We talk about um, all these different laws and all this legislation, you know, is if I, I can understand a family also saying, whoa, this sounds kind of scary. Am I going to, is there a risk here? Am I going to lose something? Am I going to be, how long is this going to last? Um, you know, What's your take on that? Do you feel like there's some stability here and we have the foundation to really see this moving forward and and move yes, forward in positive steps, or is there a risk? Yes, it's moving forward. We're gathering momentum, and um, and 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 our the advocacy community is is getting stronger as well. Um, and so we've made a lot of gains in the last five years. It's been huge. I mean, I think if you look at at, at yeah. where we were before in terms of insurance, we weren't anywhere. You know, I mean, yeah. uh, I guess there was the fir- very first mandate was in Indiana, 
Um, and then there was nothing for many years. And then um, there's been many, many mandates in many, many states. I think Autism Speaks has been a real mover and shaker in that on mm-hmm. a national level. Um, and then there's been a lot of um, local uh, efforts, um, and they work, with, they work with local advocates as well to try to get some of these uh, mandates passed. Great. Well, we've got another commercial break we've got to take. Okay. Um, but when we come back from a break, I want to talk a little bit more about this idea of advocacy and maybe talk a little bit about how some of our listeners can you know, be advocates and get out there and um, support some of these causes. So let's take a break, and then we'll talk about okay. that after, after this. Great. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we are committed to supporting families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, creating futures for individuals with autism. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Halp, and we've got uh, one final segment here with Karen Fessel talking about uh, autism insurance and uh, the different mandates, the different events, um, the different things you really need to be aware about um, to really help navigate and access this, this new funding system. Um, you know, right before our, our commercial, you said something, Karen, that I, I'm really – uh, really resonated with me, and it's the idea of the momentum, the advocacy, the momentum that is out there. And one of the things that I've really been uh, struck by is I feel like the advocacy has nothing to do with folks like me, like the professional community. You know, we we whether it be us providing services, whether us um, doing research, I mean, we certainly have played a role. But I feel like it's all about parents getting out there and raising awareness. Like I think about some of the key players in the California mandate, um, some of the key people who um, were involved in, in the mandates uh, in Louisiana that I've you know, been involved with, some of the different lawsuits that are out there. It's, it's parents really raising awareness. And I think sometimes we, we lose sight of like a parent and their story with a lot of other parents can really do a lot right. to influence um, how some of these laws are put into place. And so are there things parents can be doing to to get out there and, and to influence maybe their 
yes. their their state yes, assemblies. Yes, yes. There's a lot that people should do. Um, All right. I think that we're in the when we're in the middle of like a crisis and we're losing services or we can't get. Um, you know, school services or we can even the insurance stuff. Um, I think it's really important to contact your assembly person and your state senator. Um, and then if it's a national problem, if you have, um, uh, if you have an ERISA plan, a, a self-insured plan, um, and you're having a lot of problems with it, um, you can get on the phone with your, your U.S. Senator and tell them about the problems and the unresponsiveness and how you ha- you're not getting any help. I think it's really important to, um, to stay connected to people in, in government and let them know that we're really unhappy, that we're not gonna take it, that it needs to change, that we need new bills to protect, mm-hmm. um, our people, our, our children. And um, and I think we even need to extend that. It sounds like you had someone on the show last week who was a young um, advocate and a person yep. on the spectrum himself. I think we need to to educate our children about it as well, so that they some of them can advocate for themselves. Some of them may not be able to, but then we need to educate their siblings so that they can carry the torch. Mm-hmm. You know, after we're gone, that they yeah. can keep continue to advocate. Um, because there will always be issues. There will always be things that um, our families need, our children need. They have high needs, you know. And um, But if we can teach them how to do it themselves, that's really powerful. And I think yeah. there are a lot of, like, transition programs out there that do this. And I've seen more and more um, people with um, all kinds of disabilities that um, show up. If you come to Sacramento, you, you, you see them. You know, they mm-hmm. go and they protest and they speak up. Um, I also want to put out there a little plug. We're having um, Autism Awareness Day. There's going to be a rally in Sacramento this coming Wednesday, April 17th. There's going to be a bus leaving from the Bay Area. Um, there's one from uh, the children, Friends of Children with Special Needs in Fremont on 20, uh, Peralta Boulevard in Fremont, and then they're making another stop at the Walnut Creek BART station in Walnut Creek, and then there's going to be a um, a bus leaving from the L.A. area as well, and um, that is with the Special Needs Network, and if you're mm-hmm. interested in um, either one, you can get in touch with the Special Needs Network. They have a website, and I believe there there's information on the web, their webpage that speaks to this special day. But we're trying to get as many people as we can up to Sacramento on the 17th. It's this coming Wednesday, a week from uh, tomorrow. Beautiful. I, th- I think that's a great opportunity to really to push the message out there and really make sure everyone's hearing. Right. Um, we're going to be talking about happened. extending SB 946. Great. Um, so expanding it, expanding Medi-Cal, healthy families and transition issues, co-pays and deductibles, payment by regional center, equity and diversity issues with regional centers, um, restoration of early start programs, and many more issues that affect our children. Great. So that's like a little plug for the advocacy community in California. Oh, I think that's so great. focused on California. No, but you know what I was just going to say? I think this is, um, you know, we, we kind of got to wrap up now. We've, we've, I feel like this show's flown by, but um, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, Maybe there's an advocacy group, a parent group out there who says, great, how did you put that on? Um, I want to do the same thing. And I think we can learn a lot from the other, the different ideas, the different events, the different forums we create. 
we can replicate. The worst thing you can do with having a child with autism is to be, to stay home and not get out and not reach out to your community. The community has been my saving grace after our diagnosis. It was really hard, but it was really helpful to meet other people that were similarly impacted and discuss ideas and learn what worked and what could work for, for, you know, all of our children. And that was what, that was what really helped me to, to cope and to get out there and to make a contribution to the world to make it, you know, a little bit of a better place. So, well, I, uh, I mean, and I we all thank have you. that in us. We all can do that. Yeah. No, you're right. We all can. And I think that's why we're going to, you know, that's why this is such a great month. And uh, I'm really, I'm really glad you, you were on the show today to, to take awareness and, and really bring awareness to some of these things that are going on because I know as as much as we talk about insurance, there's still a lot for everyone to learn. There's a lot for us to talk about, to be aware of. Right. Um, I know there's uh, – you've got a website, um, www.autismhealthinsurance.org. Correct. Um, One word. As well yep. as a Facebook page. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, you've got families contacting you, not just from California, but all over with questions. All over the country and- with questions. Yes, we get bombarded. <laughs> yes. And we try to get back to people within a day. And we usually do. Beautiful. We try to stay on top of it. Well, I hope, I hope some of our listeners take advantage of that. Um, thank you so much for, for being on the show today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, you know, with our last couple of minutes, I just want to, uh, to fill you guys in on something we're going to be announcing next week. Um, I'm really excited. Last year, um, we we had a, a campaign, and, and this year we're going to have another one. Um, so uh, next week I'm going to be announcing a new campaign uh, sponsored by uh, Autism Spectrum Therapies as well as Autism Spectrum Radio. Um, and it's just something to celebrate the successes that our children and we as parents and providers um, have. And, you know, I think sometimes we talk about success and we, we put it in the lens of research or what professionals say. And I'm always personally the most touched and the most motivated when I hear parents talk about their their personal successes or even hear people on the spectrum themselves talk about their personal successes. And these successes are sometimes those that are go a little bit unsung or a little unheralded. They're maybe not the thing that gets written into an IEP or they're maybe not the thing that gets into a progress report, but it's that, it's that moment. It's that key moment where, where things are just, you feel like they're going in the right direction. And, you know, I, I was reminded of this, this weekend at that event I talked to about at the top of the show where, you know, I'm, I'm closing down the booth. It's the last few minutes. And this, this really, really sweet mom comes over with her family and when we start talking and you know, her child said hi to me at the very beginning and said hi to my wife and I, I didn't even think anything of it. I, you know, I was just, just said hi back naturally. And, and the mom midway through our conversation was telling me about how much progress her child has made and, and how hopeful she is about um, starting ABA services because she thinks they can make so much more progress. But the one thing she kept talking about as her example of the progress, as the example of the success was literally what just happened. The fact that she said, hi, my, my child said, hi to you. My child said, hi to your wife, uh, hi to your team. Um, that hi to 
strangers in the community, perfectly appropriate with her mom there, was so impactful. She was so proud of that. And you could, I could see the pride in her face for what her, her daughter did. And it was just, you know, my wife and I both commented on it afterward to one another of just how great that was and, and how much she said, my wife's like, I want you to work with them. I hope you guys connect. Those, those are the types of people you should be working with. And uh, that's what this campaign, this contest is going to be about. So next week, we are going to be officially rolling this out. I'm going to officially give you guys the details um, because it's something that I'm really excited about um, and something that I think all of you are going to be really excited about and um, just proud to be a part of because, again, it's about raising the awareness of not just the stats, the statistics, but, but what's really happening in our community, um, both good, bad, what's really important, um, and, and sharing our stories because our stories – um, as we talked about on this show, um, I think that's what really gets advocacy and really is going to generate um, the concern, the interest, the support, wh- whatever that that key is of our assembly, of our our neighbors, of our family, of our friends, um, of just the greater world around us. So next week we'll talk about that. I hope you have a great week. I hope you are engaging in amazing conversations um, with your community and raising awareness in uh in our autism awareness month have a great one everyone see you next week we hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week autism spectrum radio can be heard live every tuesday at 2 p.m eastern time 11 a.m pacific time on the voice america health and wellness channel please join us for another edition next week Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.